Welcome to Women on the Verge of a Financial Breakthrough, a podcast where we're figuring out finance one very dumb question at a time. I'm Caitlin Meredith, a coach and mediator based in the Bay Area, and... I'm Sarah Glacus. I'm an investor, advisor, and the founder of Black Barn Financial and the Austin Women's Investing Group, which you can find on Meetup. So I met Sarah when she was my teacher in an investing for beginners class. And one of the class exercises was to estimate how much we would need for retirement. And you might as well have asked me like what to pack on a submarine trip to the Arctic or something. It just felt A, unknowable, B, ridiculous, and C, so scary. Like, how could I actually do the math to get to that number? Because there was no way from where I was sitting then to get to any number that would be so big, I couldn't see to the top of it. But over time, I had to get used to this idea that it was doable. And maybe there were more variables in it that I could have control over than I thought. So welcome to our podcast and figuring out your own submarine trip to the great unknown of retirement. So we've been talking about all these like fundamental principles and encouraging women to do one thing every day to plan their financial futures. But such a key part of it is trying to figure out what should the goal be? How do you even know how much I should be saving, how much I'll need when I retire? Like this is the whole point for the people we're talking to, right? Totally. I will need money when I retire. Yes, let's make millions regardless of that. (laughs) That would be amazing. But just in (laughs) case we don't, let's have a good financial future plan, which really just means knowing that we're going to have enough money to take care of ourselves and our families and whatever else we need to do after we retire, right? That we're no longer working, earning the cash dollar money that comes into our bank account every two weeks, every month, every whatever. How will we live after that? That's the crux of it, right? Yes. I mean, that's the question everyone wants the answer to, right? Am I on track? And ultimately, am I going to be okay? And it's a little bit different than creating intergenerational wealth. I feel like we'll cover that in other areas. This is just like the bare bones you know, how will I live? How will I pay the bills that I pay now? So one of the things that we had people do, people, (laughs) women on the verge of a financial breakthrough do is figure out their baseline spending budget every year. Budget seems like the wrong word, like the amount that goes out of their bank account monthly, yearly to support their lifestyle. I like that, like cash flow out. Cash flow out. That sounds nicer, right? (laughs) (laughs) So that's super important, as well as income. We ask people to look at what their income, what's the cash coming in every month. Now is the day we try to tackle this thing called the retirement calculator. It's also the time value of money calculation, just figuring out how to get the money you're going to need when you stop working. So I go back and forth, Sarah, do you start with the money that you could possibly save every month or do you start with the number that you have to reach by the day you retire? What's the best way to think about it? Yeah, so I think it's going to be an iterative process. 
right? So if I'm starting with myself or with a client, I start with the status quo, right? Where you can tell me how much you have today. That's your present value. You can tell me how long you think you're going to continue working and putting money into this account. That's your number of years. You have a general idea of your rate of return. Maybe, right? We can talk about the nuance around that number. You can tell me how much money is going into investment and retirement accounts. So that might be through your 401k and your match or you're contributing to a Roth IRA, whatever. That's the payment that's going into your accounts. And once you have those four things, you can calculate something called your future value, which is the size of your nest egg when you think you're going to hit retirement. And then you can see if it's enough and make adjustments where necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I just want to point out, though, for some people, including myself by age 38, I think it was then, that number you were asking for, how much you're already giving every month, that would have been a big fat zero. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I just want to make it clear, you don't already have to, you don't need a number there. If you haven't been able to contribute to a retirement account or start one yet, that doesn't mean you can't start one today. You can start it today. So that number will be zero for historical contributions, but that's not necessary in planning a financial future. That can start today, no matter what your past was. Right. Oh, that's a really good point. You know, when I start with it, I think, I assume that there's a status quo amount even if it's small or too small, that is going in there. But the number that we're actually looking for is the amount of savings that could be going in there. If you tried really hard and or made some adjustments and or just started saving. So if it's you know zero, like you said, if it's zero up until today, and then tomorrow you start putting $50 per month in your account. When you use the retirement calculator, you would use $50 per month. Right. And I mean, I just think for me, it crept up on me like I was freelance. So, you know, it was big enough deal to do my taxes every year. And it was sort of like, oh, next year, I'll figure out that next piece. And that, you know, didn't happen until I took your class. So I just want to make it very clear that having zero history in the retirement arena, investment account arena, does not disqualify you from anything going forward. So we're going to do this experiment on a retirement calculator. And the one that we're using today for this demonstration, actually, we found on schwab.com. Schwab is S-C-H-W-A-B. And if you just Google Schwab and retirement calculator, you'll find it. There's a bunch out there and we're not endorsing one over the other. We just found this and it seemed intuitive to us about the questions it asks because some of them are super wonky and they use words that no one outside of the financial world uses. And I didn't know what to put in. I would have had to call Sarah the whole time. So <laughs> we're going to try doing this one together. You can do it along with us or just listen to this and then try on your own because spoiler alert, the one thing a woman on the verge of a financial breakthrough can do today is play around with figures on the retirement calculator. It can be scary. The first time I did this, it was sort of devastating. I hate to use that term when I'm encouraging other people to do it. Maybe you should rethink that. But 
I just want to warn you that the amount it's going to take could be more than you ever can imagine yourself having because we're talking about a number A that's some distance in the future and it is an accumulation. It's not like your salary every year. Am I on target with that, Sarah? Am I the only one that looks at the big number at the end and is like, oh, gulp? No, that happens all the time. I would invite people to let go of their preconceived notions about how much they need. There's lots of numbers that are thrown around just around about, oh, you need this many millions of dollars or that many millions of dollars, which can be demoralizing at the very beginning. So I would just say, let go of some of your preconceived notions. These are just numbers. One of the things that I love about investing and finance and learning this is you over time will figure out the levers you can pull to change your own destiny financially. That's what the retirement calculator is for. So don't try to get the right answer. Don't freak out if the numbers don't, I don't know, fit into what kind of your own worldview of your own financial picture is. We'll just like run the numbers, let them kind of tell a story, but it's not necessarily like the story of your life. You're so inspirational. <laughs> I love the talk about levers. <laughs> I wouldn't say it that way, but you're exactly right. Because when I've played with it before, I'll feel like I'll have zero money at the end. And then when I play with a few things, I'm like, oh, got an extra $70,000 off of that little experiment. And I did nothing. Nothing changed in my reality. But it is like as much as you could treat it not as a game, but as some information points that you can manipulate a little bit, sit with, and that next year your financial picture could be a little bit different. And so they might change. They could go up or down, whatever. So with that said, we're going to get started. We've told you not to freak out. So listen to us. <laughs> Don't freak out. This is just information. It's just information. And it's a starting point to start to set goals and to have a clear picture, whatever that picture might be not so bad after all, it's amazing, or holy shit. And you can do something about any of those scenarios. So that's the take home here. So we're on schwab.com. Oh, God, first it's going for my age. Okay, I am 46. So I'm putting that here. Oh, I put 56. <laughs> all right, I just got put robbed. In, put in your correct age. <laughs> contributing years. Okay, so I'm 46. What age do I plan to retire? I mean, quite honestly, I can't imagine ever because I love my work. But I, what's the normal one, Sarah? 67. 67? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 67. So I'm putting 67. What's your investment style? So we have a whole range here from low risk to high risk. I'm imagining, Sarah, from what you've taught me, that the higher risk I put on this spectrum means the more stocks that I'm investing in. Like bonds and cash would be super low risk. Am I learning? She's you nodding are. her head, people. I'm learning. You're it's a happening. pro. I'm just going to sign off and let you take people <laughs> through the rest of the here. retirement calculator. A plus. Sorry. We've been on the verge of a financial breakthrough. <laughs> it's just us. Okay. So if I put, I remember Warren Buffett said for his wife, who's older than I am, that he would put her at 90% stocks, 10% bonds. I'm assuming that's not at the very highest risk, but at like one below. Oh, and in fact, Schwab is telling me that's considered moderately aggressive 
80% stocks and 15% fixed income and 5% cash. I actually, I don't want 80. I want to be a little bit bolder. So let's see what it says high risk. 95% stocks, 5% cash investments. Sarah, for the purpose of this exercise, what do you want me to do? Why don't we go moderate? Okay. The next one down. So there's four radio or five radio buttons and Caitlin is choosing the fourth one which is moderately aggressive. Moderately aggressive. So 80% stocks, which in all honesty, until you've drilled this in my head, I would have gone in the middle one just for lack of anything to say, which would be moderate. Is that 60% stocks, 35%? So given no other information, I would just say like the middle road, that's got to be the safest. But because I'm one of your followers, Sarah, I'm going to do the moderately (laughs) aggressive. Okay, and our little cult of two. Okay, so I'm pressing next. We're going for it. Okay, what is your current annual household income? I'm going to put 75000 here. Do you know what the average median income is? That's probably a little bit higher than average, but I think 75 is a good number. Okay, this is just one number. How much have you saved for retirement so far? Okay, because I've been trying a little bit, I would say let's put 100,000. So not zero, although that might be your number. I'm going to put 100,000, which feels to me way behind my other friends that have been doing it forever, but makes me feel like I've done something. Yeah, this isn't your friend's retirement calculator. It's your retirement calculator. So, so I'm going to put a million dollars. Or your or your pretend one. So here, to get this number, this is your present value. Just add up the value of all your stuff. Okay. So the way that I think, I think, okay, well, I could probably do 400 a month, but it's not asking me the month. It's asking me the year. So 400 times 12 that's the number here that it's expecting me, like whatever my monthly contribution would end up being for the year. Yes, it's asking Don't worry, you. people, I'm using a calculator for this one so that we, <laughs> we don't have to come edit it later. Okay, 4,800. Nice. That's what I'm saying I can contribute a year. And Caitlin, I know that you are self-employed, so you don't have an employer match, but if you did have an employer match, through work, you would add that to this. Ooh. So the way that's that, going to help. That's going to help a lot. So if I worked for an employer that matched one for one, I would then do whatever two times 4,800 is. Exactly. We'll let you do the math on your own. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to hand feed you this stuff. Okay. So just make sure that if that applies to you, that someone is matching your retirement contributions, that you include it because that definitely counts. How much Social Security income do you expect to receive in retirement? I thought none because it's all going away. Do we know? So you have an option here on the Schwab calculator to say yes, calculate automatically. Just please leave it there. If you make it zero, you are not being reasonable and you're making your life way more difficult than it needs to be. I am a firm believer that Social Security will exist in some form or fashion when we all retire. If you're closer to age 67 right now, your benefits will probably be what they say at the Social Security website. If you're kind of in the middle, so I'm 42-ish, maybe my Maybe my she's 41, would... maybe she's 43. <laughs> she's not I'm... telling. 
I'm pretty sure I'm 42. I'll turn 43 in July, I think. But anyway, so I think that kind of in the middle, there's a chance that either my benefits would be reduced or I would get them later. And then if you're much younger than me, if you're in your 20s or early 30s, there's a really good chance that your benefits would be reduced or begin later in life. But there's no way to know that right now. There's no way to know and something will be there. Social Security is a very popular program. It is not going to go bankrupt in the way that people want you to think where nobody's getting any benefits. So all that to say, good news. just put yes, calculate automatically, age Social Security will start. This is where, here, you should put 67, Caitlin. Oh, okay. So it asked me age Social Security will start. I'm going to match that to my retirement age that I put up top 67. Yes, match it to your retirement age. How much supplemental income do you plan to receive each year in retirement, not including Social Security or investment portfolio income? What would that mean? So you have a rental property? Rental property or alimony? Yes. If that was going to be continuing then? Right. I think it's if you expect something like alimony to continue your whole life or for most of your life. If you get a distribution from a trust in perpetuity and a lot of people, do you have a pension? So are you a teacher? Are you a state employee or a federal employee? You're paying into a pension plan and that's where you would put this. Look at you so clever getting a pension. I know. Good for you. There is no freelance pension. Okay, would you like me to put in a dummy figure here so that we can see that? Or are we going freelance or without? I would say maybe put some conservative estimate for like if you kept your rental property okay. and had some supplemental income coming in. 700 a month? 1200 Sure. What's You don't care. Don't care. I don't know what a pension would be. Okay, I'm going to put 1000 that is just some magic money that I'm getting. Hold on. This is each year. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So I have to put 12. You know, I have to tell you on all these calculators, they're all a little bit different. So that is something you have to pay a lot of attention to, whether they're asking you months, years, or periods, which why bother? Nobody thinks of their life in periods. But anyway, this one is asking <laughs> us each year. So I'm putting 12000 based on the idea that I get 1000 a month from a rental property, a pension, a something. How much money do you plan to spend each year in retirement? Okay, estimate as a dollar amount or percent of income. Which do you suggest? I think the right number is something like, if you assume it's probably not 100% of your income, it's probably a little bit less because one of the things you're doing each year is saving part of your income, not spending it. So it's not flowing through to your budget. So what did we assume? 75000 Yeah. And you get maybe another 12000 a year on top of that. Okay. So, I mean, I would maybe estimate somewhere between 80 and 85% of the income that you already put Ooh, into So these you're going to have me do the percentage. Now, Sarah, I'm confused because I'm going to put the percentage and I'm going to put 85%, but I thought that you'd have me put in the number, which I don't have offhand, but that is I'm <laughs> spending a year now in my current lifestyle. I thought you'd have me put that. You're not. I must have known that you wouldn't have that number. <laughs> you are smart. You read me, lady. Okay. 
But if you did the homework, if you did the homework like you were supposed to. I just don't have that spreadsheet. And I clearly have a mental block for what that could be. But what you're telling me is either as possible. So if I do a percent of income, we're just saying 85%. Like whatever I'm making now, I'm going to be spending 85% of that per year after I retirement and then no longer getting my professional income. Yes. However, if I had right here in front of me, a spreadsheet telling me how much money I'm spending, the cash out, I could also put that in a dollar amount here. Exactly. Okay. We're going to do next. We're going in. Woo. Oh, okay. What's happening here? Your retirement summary. It already popped up. Okay. Based on the information you provided, you will need to save an additional ah, $589,600 to retire at the age of 67 with your current savings plan. That's very key here when you see this alarming number in red, might I add. You know, it looks like they've designed it to raise your heart rate. (laughs) I mean, it's (laughs) not blinking, but it might as well be. Call Schwab. Call Schwab. Call Schwab. But what I would like to emphasize from this statement is it says, with your current savings plan, meaning if I manipulate some of these things, which we're about to do, it might be a different picture. So here are some possible ways. Oh, they're so helpful. Possible ways you can take to get on track. I would suggest different language, but okay. Change your retirement age to 75. So that's one of the variables we get to play with. Like, eh, okay, I got to work a few more years. And they're specifically saying to 75, that that would bridge the gap. At my current retirement savings rate with the plan I chose, I could get to where I need to go, but I'd have to work an extra eight years. Is that correct? Yeah. And you said you'd like to work. I so maybe yeah. that's a palatable option. Okay. I mean, who knows how I'll feel then. Increase your annual retirement contribution to 16600 So I'm going to do the math here, people. I had told them I could give 400 a month, and they're suggesting that I give instead $1,383 a month. Whoa. That's a big difference between 400 and that. So almost an extra $1,000. Right. But- Again, we don't have to be black and white. Let's say I say, okay, I can't do that, but maybe I can go up to 600 and then work to 70 or something. So these are all variables we can play with, right? Yes. Reduce your spending. Now, I am really against this one. Reduce your spending while in retirement to 47,800 per year. Okay. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know where I'll be living or what So maybe that's going to be totally possible. No big deal. I'll have to wait on the yacht. You'll have to make payments on the yacht. You'll have to lease to own the yacht. But what I really like about this is it shows the flexibility of the plan. Like you're not stuck. You're not painted in this corner. Yes. I mean, that's what I love about this calculator in particular and in having this conversation with yourself because it becomes like a game of would you rather. Does your kid ever play, like, do you guys ever play Would no, You Rather? No, I did in high school. Don't tell my kid about it. <laughs> well, this isn't like the dirty version, right? Like, it's just the financial version where you look at these options and you're like, okay, like, what can I do? What is easiest for me to do? If you don't do any of them, like, we're just here to tell you, you are just walking into a buzzsaw. There's a gap that you won't be able to bridge when you get there. And when you get there, it will be too late. So now you know I'm going to plan to work longer. I'm going to take care of my health. And I 
I'm going to make sure I love what I do. And I'm going to definitely try my hardest to work to 75. And or I'm going to look at my budget and I'm going to find a way to find another 100, 200, 800 thousand dollars in order to save more money each month in order to buy back those years to get back to age 67. The reducing your spending while in retirement, that part is tough. That's like a serious lifestyle adjustment, I feel like, for most people. Well, and that you can't control right now. You're not there yet, so you can't reduce that spending yet. The other two variables, your plan could reflect those things. Right. And maybe your plan could be, you know, I have siblings that I'll definitely want to live with or kids that, you know, we live in multi-generational home. Maybe that's the case. But for most people that I see, that part is the worst case scenario is you get used to living on $65,000 per year and now you have to take it all the way down to forty-seven eight. You're going to be living in a way that you are not currently living right now and you're not leaving yourself very much margin for error. Usually not situated to take on a couple of side hustles, you know. Right. Your earning potential just goes way down for several reasons. So this is where you can't do anything to make up for the time you have right now, whatever you do with that time. But I also, what I like about this, and I think we need to just continue reminding ourselves that it, nothing is fixed. The idea that I'm doing this retirement calculator in September of 2021, my financial reality, something could change drastically in six months and I can do it again and there will be new opportunities. Not that like all of a sudden I don't need that money, but like if you can only truly afford $400, just do it, keep doing it. And then just with the caveat that when you have a little bit more breathing room in your budget that you come back to this and you add the extra 200 that you can afford then. You can grow this. It's not a fixed plan that you're on. It's a living document. To that point, could we go back to the first page where you chose your No, Schwab's percentage? like, nope, you made your bed. <laughs> <laughs> you like, can, you're people. Done. <laughs> you can go back to any, it's a three-step process for them. So there's a bar where you can go back to step one. Which variable would you like me to change? Yeah, because one of the options they did not offer you, Caitlin, was what if you increase your expected rate of return by being more aggressive in your investing? You're just going all the I'm way. going for it. Okay. What happens? So now I'm going back. So I didn't change anything. I didn't change how much I have to save for. I didn't change how long I'm going to have to work. All that except how risk tolerant I might be with that money. And oops. Okay, it's still in red, but now I have to save an additional $516,800 to retire at 67. But to bridge that gap, I can now only work to 74, and on the last version it was 75. So I gained a year, increased my annual retirement contribution to 14,300 instead of the 16, so adding maybe 800 instead of 1,000, or reduce my spending to 49,000, which already feels more comfortable. So, yeah. So this is a case where if you run these numbers, sometimes people that just the numbers tell you or encourage you to become more aggressive in your investing, which is, you know, if there was a fourth bullet point here, that would be on there. And again, like it becomes a like a game of would you rather work longer or take more risk in the stock market? Would you rather save more money or save less money and let your investments do more of the work? where it's all trade-offs. Like that's the story that the numbers are telling you. 
which knob do you want to turn, which lever do you want to pull to get to where you want to go. That's what these retirement calculators are for, not to scare the bejeebers out of you and get you to shut down, or not to scare the bejeebers out of you and get you to call you know, wherever the calculator is. It's just information because these are all trade-offs. I'd like you to talk about the difference between someone who's 23 and doing this and someone who is 57. You know, like the different times of your life that you apply this information. On the one hand, the 23-year-old's going to be like, they will have to save a million dollars to get to where they need to be, which sounds daunting, but they have so much time to do it in. Whereas someone who's five to 10 years from retirement has a lot less wiggle room, which doesn't mean you shouldn't do this, but you wanna know this information as soon as you can. I just answered the question for you, but you'll do it better, so you try. I mean, if you have more time, you will have more options and more flexibility for sure. Most people feel the freedom to be more aggressive with their investing and target that higher rate of return because behaviorally, most people think I have time to wait out market crashes. I don't need the money yet. I can afford to absorb some of the volatility so I can be more aggressive. Your time, like you said, too, is so valuable. You know, if we expect the stock market to double in value every seven to 10 years, every seven to 10 years that you have is a potential doubling of the money that you started with. That is super powerful. So when you're starting a little bit later, these bullet points become less palatable, much more difficult, and sometimes require big shifts in your thinking. And that doesn't mean that it cannot be done. It just means that you should have this information in your brain as soon as possible so that you know if when you can afford to stop working and you know how much money you need to save, which then goes back into how much do you need to earn? How much can you afford to spend? All of these things reflect back on themselves. If you're doing it when you have more time, you have more time to make some mistakes and absorb them. And as your time horizon gets shorter, it's just not as forgiving. But it allows you to not be caught off guard, too. And so to be able to make a plan like, wow, you know, travel's a really big, it was really important to see my family in other parts of the country, whatever. So that's a non-negotiable. But maybe I start looking at communal living situations. Like it allows you to make a creative and proactive plan versus getting to that point, like putting your head in the sand until you get to that point where you haven't had the time to plan and think it through and talk to a bunch of people about creative solutions. Absolutely. And the first step is doing these calculations that you just went through so that you know the very basics of what you need to do in order to make this math work. Sarah, that's our one thing, right? Today, for someone, a woman on the verge of a financial breakthrough, her one thing to plan her financial future is to play around with this calculator. And if you've already done it once, come back with your current reality and do it with that. Do you think people should do it every year? Am I overemphasizing that? Just it's these data points where I just don't want people to have it fixed. And definitely, you know, I'm staring at this red number, $516,000. That would be like telling me I'm going to have to perform Hamlet, you know, like what? (laughs) 
I don't know where you're going to find that money. So to just not get paralyzed by this process and this idea that you'll keep coming back to it and your financial reality might change, it might get better, it might get worse, but that you can just manipulate a bunch of these things and it gives you a place to start thinking about what do I want? What are the sacrifices I'm willing to make to make that freaking number not red? Yes, I would say annuals probably a fine place to start, but it might be revisiting it whenever something changes in a major way. You get a raise, you get laid off. Whenever your financial situation really changes in a material way, check back in on it and see how that change is going to impact the rest of the plan. Thank you so much for walking me through this. And I'm so glad this one didn't ask me per period. I'm always like, why is it asking me about my period? So weird. <laughs> and then my dad's a hockey player, like hockey, like periods, like in hockey, like what the hell? Anyway, Are there three, there's three in hockey, right? There's and then three there's periods like... in hockey. There's countless in a woman's life. So I don't know why the finance gurus are putting it as your retirement calculator. No one thinks about that in terms of their life in that way. So avoid one of those because I'm boycotting them. But Good. This was a good one. I know Nerd Wallet has one. Just find one that makes sense. If you're just spending too much time to even figure out how to answer the questions, I'm afraid you'll get so frustrated you say, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So this one on Schwab was really intuitive and easy. And all the question marks actually tell you information you can understand, even if you're not Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome. See you later. Hey. Do you have any dumb questions about finance or investing? Send them to us at our website, womenontheverge.com. Hey, so many thank yous to Kelly West, a woman on the verge in her own right, who took the amazing photos for our album art and website, helped with our website design, music, audio editing, cheerleading, mental health, everything. Emily Kleinsorgi, our stylist that did our hair and makeup for our photos from Lucy Skyrocket. Lauren Gross and Taylor Gross, who helped us with our graphic design. And our music is by Bad Bad Hats and Devmo. This episode was edited by Jess Rowe. If your partner is making you ask for money, giving you an allowance, taking your money, or not letting you know about or have access to family income, this could be economic abuse. Learn more at thehotline.org or call 1-800-799-SAFE. So Sarah, because you're a financial professional, we have to read a disclaimer for this podcast. I would actually really love it if you could read the disclaimer. Oh my God. And you're Okay, doing it. This podcast contains general information that is not suitable for everyone. The information contained herein should not be construed as personalized investment advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. There is no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast will come to pass. Investing in the stock market involves gains and losses and may not be suitable for all investors. Information presented herein is subject to change without notice and should not be considered as a solicitation to buy or sell any security. I know the first thing you notice is that I'm covered in gold. The trip at the wrist, it can turn a hot bitch cold. To get what you want in life, girl, you gotta be bold. Now I'm a direct, and I know.